and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I speak to you in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The story we read on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, according, uh, according to the Gospel, according to Luke, excuse me, is a beautiful story. If you weren't here on Christmas Eve this past Friday night for the pageant, you saw children and youth from the parish act this story out wonderfully. Joseph and Mary dutifully returned to Bethlehem to be registered, the couple finding lodging in a stable because there was no room at the inn, and Mary giving birth when the time had come. Some knew who Jesus was, Mary and Joseph certainly did, and the shepherds soon quickly learned. There they were, minding their own business, minding their own flocks, when angels appeared to them to tell them what is going on. Now, I always love it when angels appear to unsuspecting people in the Bible. The first words out of their mouth is, do not be afraid. Just think if angels showed up at your workplace, would you be afraid? Probably so. I know I would. Others who heard the shepherd's stories became amazed at what they heard. But what about the people we don't read about in the text? Maybe just the people who passed by the stables at night who were really unaware of what was going on. They only knew that a young couple had given birth to a baby. I think they could be forgiven for not knowing because they too may not have realized who was sleeping in that manger. Now, in our Christmas readings, uh, we move from Christmas Day from the readings in Luke to today's reading in the Gospel of John on the first day after Christmas. In our lectionary cycles of reading, we do this at critical times throughout the church year, such as in Lent and at Easter and at Christmas, when we hear about the true theological meaning of who Jesus is. And from yesterday to today, there is a big change. So what a difference a day can make in the lectionary. In these first 18 verses of John, his prologue to his gospel, the evangelist gives us a different kind of a Christmas story. The images of a stable, a manger, shepherds, and angels are not there. We do not hear about the birth of Jesus as a helpless infant. Now, the story that we get would be harder to act out in a pageant. If we tried, it would be a very different pageant. Probably not as adorable as the one we had Friday night. No angels, no babies, no camels, donkeys, or other friendly beasts processing around the church. No, instead of a nativity story, we get an origin story of sorts that begins before time began. It's the story of the incarnation of God's revelation in the person of Jesus Christ. The verses of John's prologue are some of the densest and theologically deep lines found in all of Scripture especially in the Gospels. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the person of Jesus, we experience the incarnate Word of God. We witness the mind, the reason, the will of God in human form. Or God's creative self-expression, as one of the commentaries I've read called it. It's the same power seen at the beginning of time, existing before time, that created the cosmos. The images of the Father and the Son are there to express a closeness in a relationship that no other person possesses with the Father. And only Jesus, as God's only Son, can show us God, the evangelist writes. As one of my seminary professors was very fond of saying, Jesus is our epistemology of God. 
how we know God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This, I think, is one of the most powerful lines in our text today. In a way, it connects the nativity story we hear in the other synoptic gospels with what we hear in John's gospel. In the person of Jesus, God reveals himself in a way we can understand, beginning as an infant, as we all do. Through Jesus, we can experience God in ways not available to humanity before Jesus' birth. We can see, hear, and touch Jesus. God is no longer just a remote figure transcending history, transcending time, and transcending God's own creation. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. God knows what we experience because he came among us. John the Evangelist tells us that although the word came into his own creation, he was not always accepted. We know the rest of the story of Jesus' life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And we know that some accepted Jesus and became children of God. And happily, this still happens today. There are modern-day shepherds who heard from angels and went to see for themselves. And in a few more days, we will see and we will enact a procession of the visit of the three kings who did the very same thing. Sadly, we also read of others who did not understand who Jesus was and rejected him and rejected Jesus' teachings. And this happens today, too. This week, we will hear of Herod and how he felt threatened by Jesus and the links, the terrible links that he went to to eliminate this threat to his power. The church remembers that in the Feast of Holy Innocence this week. And I think there are those like the passers-by who see the manger and the sleeping infant. They do not realize who they see in the, in the crushes outside the many churches who put them up outside. Some are just indifferent. It's just a season for time off and to give gifts to family and friends. Now, taking time off and giving gifts to friends and families are not bad things in and of themselves. Forgetting the context, the reason for the season is. As Christians, we receive the light of Christ in baptism, the light that was light for all people. And as our collect prayer today states, may this light shine forth in our lives. As a parish, I think we have a special charter on this first Sunday after Christmas. We should make this light known in our own lives, just like our namesake patron, St. John. In our recently adopted mission statement, we speak of being a shining beacon of God's love. And this image of light in our mission statement reflects the light found in our gospel text, the light and truth of Christ to all who will see it. Now, there are signs in our historic church, too, as is common in many Episcopal parishes, our lectern is in the shape of an eagle symbolic of St. John the Evangelist and the heights that he took Scripture to. In fact, uh, someone that I read this week said that the eagle comes from the very verses that we read today in our Gospel text in the first 18 lines of the first chapter. On the front of the pulpit that I'm standing in are the words from our Gospel text written today in Latin. I have never took Latin in school, so I'm going to attend it in principio erat verbum, I think is what it says, if I said it correctly. They're also listed on the cross up in front at the top of the balcony. So our very words today are in our pulpit and in our church. So stop by today if you've never seen them before. They're right here. You can take a look for them yourselves. We know we have received the greatest of all gifts at this time of the year, 
As we read later in the Gospel according to John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. We have experienced this gift in many different ways, each possibly unique in our own lives as well. Maybe we have experienced it in this community through worship on Sundays and in times of fellowship. Or maybe we have experienced it in giving or receiving the love and support Christ commands us to give to others, just as he gave it to us. We may have experienced moments of healing in our life, either a physical healing or maybe it's the repair or the mending of broken relationships. And there may have been moments of intense joy at unexpected blessings or visits by angels. God is among us and with us. We have seen the light, the grace, the truth of God. We can do this because the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory. Thanks be to God. Amen.